he's he's taken ten wickets from eight matches at forty three point nine with comparison to his previous um, twenty two wickets at ten and twenty seven wickets at nineteen. So he was he was look he's still a potent force. There's no doubt about that. Hey, how do you say that? Not potent at all. This tournament. Oh, uh, ten wickets be. off eight games. Not bad. Yeah, but where are they? Where is he taking these wickets? Mm. Um, I can do an anal- analysis of it for TikTok mm. and for our socials Which coming up. Um, but, yeah, not, not potent at all until he gets it right. He's got to yeah. get zeroing in on the stumps much, much better than he has this tournament. Okay, all right. And that's why they they sort of uh, trying to rest him, trying to freshen him up to really get him firing in at those stumps and feet. That was Patton Hills on SEN Queensland. Ian Healy, pretty critical of Mitchell Stark's performance, saying he hasn't been potent at all. Joining us now live from India, who was at Mitchell Stark's press conference yesterday, is Dan Cherney for Code Sports. Uh, Dan, welcome into Sports Day. Kane, Jared, good to be with you. You've just heard that criticism from an Aussie great in Ian Healy on Mitchell Stark's performance so far in the World Cup. Was that fair? I think so. First thing I'd like to say is that uh, it could be an interesting couple of days in the Healy family WhatsApp group, given that uh, Mitchell is married to Elisa Ian. <laughs> but, Didn't think about that. But, but uh, no, good on Heels. It's uh, no, no punches pulled. No, look, I think it is. Look, um, Mitchell Stark, regardless of what happens over the next couple of games, will still go down as a, a one-day break for Australia. He has dominated two World Cups uh, in 2015 when Australia won. He, he was central. Got that big wicket of Brendan McCullum in the first over the MCG 2019. Even though they were losing semi-finalists, he was excellent again. But he hasn't reached those heights in this World Cup and hasn't really come anywhere near it. He's got a few early wickets. There was that one against England, Johnny Bairstow first ball, which was great. But you know it was to tickle down a leg side, so you have to say a little bit lucky. Uh, the conditions haven't suited him all that much. It is tougher in India. Uh, it is tougher these days uh, without um, without. Uh, we're going to use the two new balls, one from each end. Um, and he's not playing quite as much white ball cricket as he used to, which perhaps shapes things as well. Australia's had a bit of bad luck with tosses and that. It has seemed to go better with the ball and the lights. But no, he's got a lift. And to be fair to Mitch, he accepted that himself yesterday when he spoke to us. You also just attended uh, Travis Head's presser. What you learn? Yeah, uh, look, um, probably not a hell of a lot. But um, it's interesting with Travis Head going into the... Uh, semi-final up against South Africa, he who actually broke his hand, well, not the team, Gerald Kutsia, uh, one of their quicks, broke his hand back in September, which led to his uh, delayed entry into this World Cup. So, look, he's not expecting them to target him, um, but it is, it's interesting because Kutsia, who's probably their quickest bowler, he's rapid, and they've got a few quick ones. He's actually no guarantee to play because they've got some, they've, they've got such a stacked attack. They've, they've got the option of playing two spinners in, in Maharaj and Shamsi. So, whether they decide to go in, perhaps because they, they know they've got a good record against Head of late, or, or there is that mental scarring, remains to be seen. The other, the other interesting consideration there for Travis Head is that he uh, he's obviously bowled a little bit in this tournament, but doesn't expect to bowl quite as much, given that Glenn Maxwell's going to be back for this game. He still thinks he might bowl a couple of overs here or there, and, and I think that will come into consideration as to whether Australia decide to pick Marcus Stoinis or, or Manus Labuschagne for the final spot for this, uh, this semi. Uh Daniel, we've got no other option but to carry on uh, as if it's going to be a nice, bright, sunny day with blue skies, <laughs> etc., and uh, talk the game up as if it's going to be played and it's going to be a nail-biter. But uh, is the game actually going to be played, do you think? 
It's a good question, Jared, because there is a fair bit of rain scheduled for the end of the week, and there is a cyclone developing in the Bay of Bengal, uh, which is never a great, never a great uh, combination of words when you talk about cyclones and cricket, unless you're talking about some batting exploits. But look, having said that, uh, and I know that doesn't sound great, but having said that, you only need 20 overs aside to get yeah. a game going across two days. That's, that's not a lot. Okay. Um, where where I do think it could be a consideration is from a selection perspective, um, that if they think it's going to be more like a 2020, yeah. or there is a chance that it could be rain reduced, I think that clearly plays into Marcus Stoinis's mm. and if, if they are debating between him and Marcus Labuschagne. So that's where I think it's interesting. But the Aussies have to go in, you know, expecting it's going to happen. I mean, it, w- it would be as much as we hate to see it as Australians. There would be some irony uh, if uh, if the semi-final between Australia and South Africa gets washed out, given that the 99 at the time Australia went through as the higher ranked side, and here it would be South Africa going yep. through, uh, having, having finished one spot ahead of the Aussies in um, just the, the, the reverse situation. So, look, I, I think we will get cricket. It's hard to say. The forecast is better for Thursday than for Friday. Yep. So I think um, if, if we're going to get cricket, it's more likely to happen Thursday afternoon. What, what does worry me slightly is, and, and they have to do it because they have to plan a match without assuming it's not going to rain. What concerns me is that they'll, they'll play 50 overs on Thursday afternoon and then they'll start raining at the 10 over mark on Thursday night and then you won't get any more rain you, and then you won't get um, any uh, more cricket after that. And then even though you've got 60 overs through, you won't have 20 per side and, and that's where... It might fall over, but yep. look, anything can happen. Rain is um, unpredictable, and um, yeah, we, we, we wait to see. Dan Cherney from Code Sports joining us live from India in the build-up to the Aussie semi-final against South Africa at the World Cup on Thursday. Now, you've spoken to Damien Fleming, and you've highlighted that South Africa has played in six tournaments since being readmitted to cricket in 91 and has not reached a final once, and Flem wants the Aussies to remind them about it. <laughs> well, he's a provocative guy, Flem, in his own way. Uh, you know, light-hearted, but uh, doesn't mind a bit of chirp. And, you know, I can, I can understand why you would do that. Just if the moment's right, it doesn't have to be, you know, to be your sort of going hardest, but just a, a little bit of um, planting a seed there. Uh, perhaps if they're two for 45, chasing 260, and uh, you say, oh, you know, look at your semi-final record here, South Africa, and, you know, you wouldn't want to be... Uh, you wouldn't want to join the club, would you? Or something, or something along those lines. I'm sure mm. that they're with you players and I. Now, what's interesting is it's not really Australian style under Pat Cummins or Andrew McDonald. You know, that, that, that's not really been something you hear. I mean, we heard out of England during the Ashes that they, that, you know, they barely um, set a peep uh, mm. during, during the tournament. So the Aussies, that, that's, that's certainly what England just saying. So it would be a bit surprising if they did it. Um, David Warner might be a candidate if, if anyone's going to um, get in the South African's ears. But... Uh, Adam Zamper, actually, I also spoke to yesterday about this, and, and he had an interesting perspective. He said that, if anything, there's less pressure on South Africa because, well, if they miss out, well, they're just, just another South African team to have not done it. You know, there's actually less, it's almost less pressure because, you know, no one else has done it, so you're just, you're just part of many, whereas maybe, maybe for Australia, who tend to win World Cups, there's more pressure on. So, look, it depends which way you look at it. I don't think it's going to be a huge factor in the game, but it certainly adds to the theatre, and, and I certainly enjoyed Flame's comments. Given the uh, going back to the cyclone in the Bay of Bengal, uh, given given that uh, issue that's overhanging the game, does it change which whether you bat or bowl if you win the toss? Is that, yeah, does that become more important than the wicket, or what your preference is normally? Yeah, it's a really good question, and I think the Aussies will just try to get as much information as possible before making that final call and, and knowing when the rain is going to fall. I mean, I think. 
if you assumed that they were going to get a full game, you would, Australia would bat first because yep. if, they, if they won a toss. And so would South Africa because South Africa are a very good batting first side and a pretty mediocre chasing side. That's not, that's not just, I'm not talking historically, I'm talking quite recently that mm. on the, on this current iteration of the South African side, that, that's that's where it sits. I mean, South Africa lost to the Netherlands chasing, uh, okay. which sort of puts yep. in perspective how, how good their chasing form is. Having said that, if you know you're going to get some rain um, and you want to make some inroads to sort of try to expedite the game, uh, maybe you do bowl first. I mean, I don't think it's a huge consideration. It's not all, you know, I, don't, I think both sides are, are pretty strong batting lineups who are unlikely to get bowled out. Um, and look, the Duckworth Lewis method uh, means that, you know, it, it's a pretty fair gauge of, of whether you, um, you bat, of, uh, of, in terms of you know, ensuring that the best side does win on the day. Um, Brain incorporated, but but perhaps look. I think if, if historically you'd say chasing is, is probably the, the easier thing to do in rain mud matches, so maybe it is something that the Aussies consider. But uh, it's it's a, it's a very tough one because you just sort of you know it's at the moving moving feast, and um, ultimately we know with weather it's very little is certain. Are India beatable? Oh, good question, Kane. Oh, look, I think I think they are. Um, you know, they're, they're an exceptional side, and I think they have to be clearly the favourites. Uh, and by some distance, there's no clear weaknesses, although the absence of Hardik Pandya, the star all-rounder, it has been a loss and, and um, well, hasn't been so far, but you know, it certainly could be could come back to bite them. I think they're a little bit vulnerable there in, um, in the fifth, fifth bowler department. And, you know, you look at... Everyone talks about South Africa and their World Cup record. Well, look, India, it's been more than 10 years since they won an ICC event, and they've made a lot of semis and finals. And, mm. you know, unlike South Africa, they've got huge systemic advantages, obviously the population, but then just the financial clout. You know, the IPL, there's no real excuses for India anymore. So, And then you, you sort of add the fact that they're unbeaten, they're on home soil. Um, you know, probably Kohli's last, last hurrah, uh, Rohit as well. But there's huge pressure on them, and New Zealand knocked them out in, in similar circumstances in 2019. So, look, I think the way to beat them, like like anyone, is power play wickets. And that, it's going to be tough in New Zealand because Matt Henry, the best power play bowler, is, is, is injured. Um, but Trent Bolt's had a really good game the other not against Sri Lanka. So, you know, if you can get a couple early and just limit India to, particularly if they're, um, India prefer to chase, as unlike South Africa, so if they can limit India to sort of 230, 240, uh, to big if, then suddenly New Zealand are riding that game in Mumbai tomorrow. If Glenn Maxwell was the highlight for uh, the tour so far for Australia, what was second? Uh, Glenn Maxwell's other knock. Okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, look, um, yeah, no. Oh, if, leaving Maxwell to one side, and uh, you know he does sort of create his own category with this sort of stuff. Oh, Travis Head's knock against New Zealand, coming back after from broken hand. Yep. What was it, 159 balls? Mm. I mean, you know, any other tournament that would have stood out. I think Adam Zampa's performances across the tournament, and you know, battling adversity on several fronts, back spasms and illness, and um, uh, just general general soreness, uh, and, and the fact that he has also gone to this tournament as the sole, you know, real specialist spinner. Uh, a huge weight on his shoulders, and he's been exceptional leading wicket-taker. Um, had a few demons from the 20, 2019 World Cup, and he's not that sort of character to stew on that sort of stuff, but nonetheless, for him to back up as well as he's done um, with that responsibility, uh, I think, deserves a lot of praise. So, you know, when you look at... The, and the other one who has to deserve... who really does deserve a lot of credit for his tournament is David Warner. Uh, yep. Just been so consistent. Uh, an excellent tournament. I mean, his knock against Pakistan really made them pay for that early drop. So, look, it's funny with Australia. There's probably only three or four guys who are in really great form. Maxwell, yep. 
Uh, Maxwell Warner, Mitch Marsh had a pretty, you know, pretty good tournament overall. Um, you'd have to say, Sam, uh, and then Josh Hazelwood's been been solid. But there's there's, there's a few guys that were, um, you know, short of their best, and, and we touched on the top with Stark. It's probably the most important one. Just on Stark, he had some strong thoughts on the ball and the fact that they now change the ball at the end of each over, so a new one at either end. And he thinks that once again he's favouring the batsman due to the lack of reverse swing. Does he have a point on that, and uh, is he supported by other fast bowlers? Yeah, it's a good question. I, I think with him, you'd have to say, uh, you know, and, and it's not over. While it is self-serving, you can't accuse him of sort of complaining because he's had most of his career under this current mm. system, and he's performed very well in spite of this, you know, perceived challenge. So, you know, it, it's not him moaning about it per se. I, I think you have, you have to be clear on that. Uh, I think he's got a point. Um, it depends what you what you want one day cricket to be. I mean, do you want it just to be a complete whackathon, or do you want to have more, you know, try to um, differentiate it between between from T20 cricket? Which, to be fair, when they brought this rule in, you know, that was 2011. T20 cricket was still maybe not in its infancy, but still in a much earlier phase than where it is now. So maybe if, if we are looking forward and trying to keep one day cricket relevant, heading into the next four years, eight years, you know, whatever whatever it is cycle. Uh, they, they should have. Um, they, they should bring this in. I mean, I, look, I haven't. I haven't gauged the views of too many quicks on this. He, it's, it's not a topic that's brought up all that much. I know Sachin Tendulkar actually, of all people, um, was on this bandwagon about five or six years ago, uh, highlighting it. But look, I'd imagine any bowler who, who, who can reverse swing, or any bowler really, <laughs> who wants to try to mitigate the damage of, of a harder ball, would, would be happy with that. Because at the end of the day, that, that rule was brought in to help to help batters, and um, I think history would say it has. Dan, we always appreciate your time, mate. Loving your work over there in India. You can follow along at Code Sports via that uh, website, or also Dan on his social media on Twitter. Uh, enjoy the finals, and uh, hopefully we can catch up with you soon. No, good on you, Ken, Jared. Thank you very much. Dan Cherney there from Code Sports.